Welcome to the Heart of the Athlete. This is Reggie Etheridge welcoming you to the radio program for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, featuring what God is doing in the hearts and lives of coaches and athletes in Idaho. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to the Heart of the Athlete, the local FCA radio show here in Idaho. My name is Ken Lewis. I'm the director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And uh, in the studio today is the head women's soccer coach at Northwest Nazarene University, Mary, <laughs> and help me with your new last name now. Ebargwin. Ebargwin. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great. I know. Yeah. I married a Basque guy. So. A Basque guy. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> a little awesome. Harder than Trig, huh? <laughs> and so, how many years have you been the head coach at NNU? Eight. Eight years. Eight years. And you guys just got married mm-hmm. this last year in the middle of COVID. the COVID, right? <laughs> Was that in the late spring, right? Yeah, in May. So we actually did two weddings. So we had just a private one with just our parents and. And then we did another one later. So wow, got to wear my dress twice. So oh, how fun! <laughs> yeah, how fun! Well, cool. yeah, that's exciting, and yeah. uh, that's a special, special thing. So we're we're happy for you, Mary. Thanks. And uh, we're, we're so glad you're at NNU. And um, um, I know that you've been involved in the coaches huddles we've done over there, and yeah, resources yeah. we've been able to partner with, and things like that. And so it's just been a blessing to yeah. to work with you and. I don't know, uh, just your athletes, the ones that, um, that, you know, they've been involved with FCA that are part of your program. have just been wonderful gals to work with yeah. too. So thank you for all you're doing for Thanks. our, uh, all those, uh, the women's athletes over at Northwest Nazarene. It's a special place. I'm, I'm fortunate I get special athletes too. So. Oh, that's great. Well, and so, I know you guys have a usually kind of a, a shorter spring season, so that probably got cut short a little bit last spring. Is that right? Yeah. So last spring we ended up playing, I think, one game, and and COVID happened, and then the fall we didn't get our fall. Um, so they are allowing us to play games this spring, mm-hmm. um, and girls don't u- lose a year of eligibility. But um, there's no NCAA tournament championships or anything, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit hard. Um, so some of our seniors can come back, but wow. our girls graduate on time and some even early, so that's kind of hard for some wow. of them to extend it. But we get some games. We've already had one. We played C of I, and we're going to play Idaho State on Friday. Oh, next great. Week. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully we have good weather. Yeah. <laughs> is right. that down there in Pocatello yeah. or here? It'll be in Pocatello. The good thing is, worst case scenario, we'll play on their indoor uh, football field. If, okay. Oh, yeah, the if dome. It's bad. Yeah. In the dome. It's wow. narrow for soccer, but we'll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, how fun. Yeah. So, how many. Are all the GNAC, the Great Northwest Athletic Conference schools, are they all in for soccer no. this spring? Um, a couple of them are. Uh, Western Oregon, we're playing St. Martin's and Billings. Um, and then we're filling our games with um, some other schools. We're playing okay. Carroll College while we're in Billings, oh, Idaho State. We played C of I and beat them the other night, so that was fun in the snow. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we have a good little schedule. The girls are just ready to play games. They've been working so hard without any reward, so yeah. it's fun to see them beat up someone else besides each other, <laughs> right? Kick, yeah. kick somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> so normally the NCAA um, uh, soccer season for women is in the fall, fall. correct? Yeah. Yes. And um, and then just kind of, like we said, kind of some kind of a shorter season that's yeah. more development. Spring, we're allowed five scrimmages normally, but right. now we're allowed up to 14 games. So it's like a counts. full like full yeah. season. And, just without playoffs. And yeah. These gals, a lot, most of them did club soccer, so that's kind yeah. of a normal thing, right, yeah. for club soccer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because our freshmen came in this fall and haven't. 
we just played last week our first game and I looked at my assistant coach and I was like, is this the first time our freshmen putting on uniforms? Because they missed, you know, in their senior year of high school, it got canceled. And then oh, they yeah. come into us and our fall got canceled. And wow. so we made a special thing with all our freshmen putting on their uniforms for the first time. That was wow. pretty neat. Wow. Yeah. It's been a long time. These athletes want to play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we, I, over the Christmas break, I interviewed Heather. Oh, Hunt, awesome. And uh, she's out of what? Bremerton? Is yeah. That right? Area yeah. in Washington. And it was a great interview. And, uh, uh, folks, if you want to go back and listen to that, it's in the on. You can go to the KBXL's website at, at ninety four point one FM on on the internet and listen to that. But what a great uh, testimony that she shared, mm-hmm. and it was really cool because she, um, you know, uh, Karina Schaefer, who was yep. one of your leaders on your team, and she was an FCA leader now yep. up in Lewiston. She she had been I'd been sending out all these last spring, all these these things called huddle ups. They were. Um, they were national FCA broadcast zoom kind of webinars and different mm-hmm. athletes sharing each week. And so co had sent one of those, uh, well, she kept sending them inviting teammates and everybody and, and Heather, um, got just really moved on her life at, and cool. the Holy spirit just, you know, just moving on her heart and her mind. And, um, she just, you know, just was kind of a just a, another surrender to the Lord, and uh, God just really spoke to her in one of those. And I can't remember which one it was. I can't remember which athlete or what mm-hmm. they actually said. But anyway, she shared that oh, Mary, cool. and we we talked about you a little bit too. And uh, it was just a, a fun, just a great interview. So, awesome. She's yeah. a good fit at NNU. That's you great. And she is someone who did not play high school soccer. Right. Yeah, she just did club. So that's more and more clubs are moving towards that where they don't have them play high school. Hmm. But um, yeah. So that probably affects your recruiting as well, right? Uh, uh, not re- we recruit out of club mostly. Okay. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't affect us too much. It's you know about their experience in the high school. I had fun playing high school soccer when I was uh-huh. that. You know, that was a long time ago. But um, it's different. It's usually not as good as the level as club. So mm-hmm. it gives you teaches you different things. So. Right. But yeah, some of them play year-round club, don't play high school. Wow. And yeah, mm-hmm. so gone are the days when coaches would show up at high school soccer <laughs> Yeah, for games. soccer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for that. For Sometimes that we'll do for playoffs and stuff, mm-hmm. but yeah. I know they have huge tournaments, places in Florida and places like that, oh, yeah. you know, where they have yep. these huge showcase tournaments. And yeah. so it makes it, you know, kind of a, a, neat, a great place for coaches, a yeah. one-stop shop maybe yep, <laughs> for absolutely. recruiting. Well, Mary, um, we're just excited to have you on the air today and, and to visit about NNU soccer and what's been going on over there. And, uh, and they're so excited that you guys have a, have a season and, uh, it's exciting for the gals as well. Your, and for your, your coaches. So, but I know there's some, some things going on in our country these days (laughs) that are kind of some interesting things. And I know our, uh, president Biden signed a uh, one of his executive orders a few weeks back was mm-hmm. uh, pertains to women's sports yeah. and uh, just the the whole this whole I don't know what to call it exactly this whole issue of of transgender individuals that are mm-hmm. you know males that identify as females and different organizations state entities mm-hmm. athletic associations what whatever it might be NCAA allow them to continue to play in women's sports and yeah. I wanted to you know, talk with you about that. And so why don't you, you know, give us, yeah. why don't you start off? Cause I know there's some <laughs> definitions. And, yes, I mean, absolutely. it's new. And how do we respond as Christians too? I think that's where we want to yeah. really 
you know, that's where we want to be. Yeah, this is such an important subject, and it's a sensitive one, obviously. I think transgender um, athletes and the moves right now that legislators and, and just different laws that are being passed are, are a huge effect on, on women's sports. And you know, it's something I've asked myself a lot because I'm very passionate about this. I, you know, um, I've been a self-proclaimed feminist and I, um, I actually have a, I went to get my master's in women gender studies and um, as a Christian perspective. So um, I, I wasn't um, very much liked in that setting, but um, I think it's important. I've really asked the question of how do we deal with love? How do we have love mm-hmm. and truth? Right. You can't just have the love part and not follow it up with the truth. And you can't just have the truth and not follow it up with love. Right. So I've been really trying to, um, what is my role? If my whole, I, my whole calling for me as young women and particularly women in sports, um, it changed my life. You'll see statistics showing women who have played sports are, um, make more money later on in their lives. They're mm-hmm. in more higher leadership positions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all these great things that come out of women playing sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want that to continue. I want the experience I got. I had access to education through sport. And, um, you know, I, was, I played at Fresno State. <laughs> right. And your <laughs> and, dad played football. Yeah. Yeah. At Linfield, he right? He did, yeah. And then he was he, involved in FCA, right? He became a Christian at Linfield through, yeah. And that changed the trajectory of your yeah. life. As well, didn't it? So sports has been huge. Oh, yeah, big time. Sports has been in our whole family. Every one of my siblings, we all played in college. So there's four of us, and we all played sports in college. So um, my poor mom. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) uh, so so I guess for me, looking at this um, as a Christian, first, if we don't deal first in love and wanting to come to the table in an understanding, then we're already starting off in the wrong way. So I want to preface that of. um, But, you know, with that, I've tried to have that premise of of dealing with this topic with kindness and love right absolutely um, while still having truth and and you know what sometimes you're still gonna have people that say you're insensitive or I, i've had that i've been accused of being insensitive on the topic of transgender athletes from both sides from so. both sides i have i've had people say don't let them at the table don't talk this is black and white here's what it is male is this female is that and and then i've had the other side of you're so you know you're not being welcoming enough and so because i i want to have a i would love to sit down with advocates from both sides and with facts mm-hmm. and information and right. what we're all trying to have an outcome happen and, and, and try to talk some sense into both sides, I guess. But the bottom line for me is, is um, there's an advantage for biological men competing mm-hmm. in biological female sports. And we talk mm-hmm. about different, I, I want to meet at the table. It's the same thing when I've, I'm not LDS, but when I've gone and read and done different things with the LDS church. I read it in the King James version out of respect. So I, I try to use language that um, the transgender community appreciates. But like with that, meeting them where they're at, if we don't come with truth, then uh, we're not doing anyone a favor. And I'm not supporting women in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know they use a lot, uh, the cisgender for for biological women and transgender for for biological men that are being transgender women. So, so men that identify as as a, a woman, female. they're using transgender. Transgender woman. Transgender woman. And then they're calling biological women cisgender. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I'll use, for, for the sake of today on the show, I'll use biological women and biological men that are being transgender women. Right. For me, you know, like I said, sports gave me everything. And um, 
Title IX is huge. I studied it in my master's and I have a whole thesis on different things with what Title IX, how we can change it, how we can correct it and get it even better and all these things. Um, and it's the real reason Title IX was started is because well, there weren't sports for women and women were trying to play with men. That was happening. You'd always hear that, right? This one woman right. on this and couldn't go very far because there's a biological advantage. And so women wanted access to sport. And so provided opportunities, more provide, participation at the state level. Absolutely. And yeah. and when sports started becoming big in college, what it really turned into is access to education. Mm -hmm. I got a scholarship to play in college. And so now what we're talking about, it's bigger than sport. It's access to education. Right. And there is a certain amount through Title IX of, of spots for women and women's sports and scholarships through mm -hmm. the NCAA. And... You know, we, it's something we really have to think about if we're going to let a biological man who's a transgender woman um, have access to women's biological women's sports. We're taking away, we have to say then we are okay taking away space for women. And I mean, it, we talked about this before the show, Ken. We're really talking about, I, we looked it up, we're talking about half of a percentage, not even point half four, of right? 0.4% of the U.S adults identify as transgender so but so it's a small thing that we're making all these laws for but here's the thing and I'm having a, huge impact huge impact uh, down down i'm in the, I'm in the gnac it takes one coach um getting an advantage of having a biological man on their team mm -hmm. and it could be an all-american and change the whole season and for me more than that um i care about winning i do <laughs> i wouldn't be a coach if i didn't but for me i i care about i got into this because i care about women mm -hmm. and i care about what sports does it taught me everything it's so cool I, you know like i said the statistics show that women there's more women leaving in leadership positions and they that have played sports they've learned that through sports and um i i, I cringe at the idea of having women's space taken up that we fought so hard for. Right. Um, yeah. And I think, um, yeah, the, the women of the fifties and sixties and even before that yeah, in the seventies yeah, that yeah. fought for those opportunities that you're talking Absolutely. about. I mean, I have story endless of stories because I studied all this stuff of women, women at one point weren't even allowed to ride bikes. And so women fighting to have that freedom of sports and have access to their own league and their own competition because mm -hmm. they cannot compete with men right. because there is a biological advantage. Um, is huge. And that turned into access to education. Now women are graduating college at high rates and all these things. And women are p competing in sports. And it's an awesome thing to see. And, and just talking, like I said, I'd love to meet at the table with a group. That'd be cool if we could get a group <laughs> on yeah, the show yeah. of, <laughs> of, you know, what's your goals and what are our goals. And um, I think the biggest thing is allowing someone to have access to a space mm -hmm. um, that takes away the access right. from somebody else that takes away the rights of somebody else mm -hmm. becomes an issue. Right? right. So women don't have anywhere else to go. Right. We can't go compete in a man's league. And so by so taking, basically eliminating women's it's, sports, it's eliminating the, the number of opportunities for women to compete. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's already happening and it's a, it's going to be a bigger issue. Um, mm -hmm. I think people want to just, Oh yeah, it will happen here and there. But, um, you know, I read a couple of years ago when this was all kind of becoming a bigger deal that a, a high school um, track athlete in mm -hmm. Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Do you remember reading? I think we yeah, might have read it, that. A couple of. Yeah. Well, it what stuck with me when I started wanting to research this more, because I thought I was one of those people. Oh, it's such a small population. It's not going to be a big deal. No one's going to really have rights taken away from women in sports. Mm -hmm. 
And then I read this article a couple of years ago of this high school senior trying to set a state record. She trained her whole time. She was going to be the first woman to do this. She wanted to beat this personal record and all stuff. And um, a biological boy, high school boy, um, who competed in the boys <laughs> uh, track earlier right. that year but didn't make it in the playoffs, came and competed in the women's and won the whole thing. And right. this girl and he wouldn't have placed at all in state. No. In the in yeah. the in the boys division, and this this girl finished second, right. and she's crying after and gets interviewed, and all, it sticks with me to this point. What what her interview was? She was so scared about seeming hateful or mm-hmm. um, not accepting. Right, that, she's concerned about her words. Yes, <laughs> which we should be, but right. I mean, and she they interviewed her and said, "Well, what do you feel about this?" When she goes, "Well, I guess there's nothing I can do. I guess I just have to take it," and that just got me. Of like, is that what we're teaching our women? That you mm-hmm. trained for something you fought and someone with a biological advantage gets to come in and take your space. Yeah. And it's a hard thing because I want to treat it with, like we said, with love right. of I, I want everyone to have a, an opportunity to play sports. Mm-hmm. And but not at the not at the risk of taking away someone else's opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we've got to figure out for me, that's why I'd love to have a table of a bunch of people talking and talk about real solutions that don't take away mm-hmm. um, women's access to sports mm-hmm. and scholarship and right. education. And some solutions could be a whole nother league. Some solutions could be, you know, that you compete in your biological gender. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. XX for the women's <laughs> and XY for the men's or yeah. the boys. I know uh, there's a few other situations. There was a, a situation in Texas with a wrestler as a female and, uh, mm-hmm. She started taking testosterone. Mm-hmm. She's taking and, and some other hormones apparently. So and so she started getting bigger. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like what we used to see with the East German women. Mm-hmm. You know, back in mm-hmm. the in uh, the d- during the Cold the War. 80s. Yeah, <laughs> and um, but the state of Texas passed the law that they couldn't. They the, the trans, transgenders could not cross over and mm-hmm. participate in the sport that they felt that they were. They were at the time. And so then, so she couldn't compete with the boys anymore, but yet she was taking all this Mm. other enhancements. I remember this now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They forced her back with the girls. And then here we are again. She's got an unfair advantage participating with the other, other girls. Yeah. And then I think about, I had three daughters. I Mm. still have three daughters (laughs) and um, they, um, they all played lacrosse over at at Eagle. And, um, you know, Girls lacrosse and guys lacrosse is, is different, like we were talking, mm-hmm. and in terms of the protective gear they wear and things like that. I just can't imagine her playing against um, a male that was wearing all they have is, uh, you know, the 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 little mask they have that protects their their eyes mm-hmm. and their nose. But all the just the incidental contact that occurs, mm-hmm. and and you know, and girls girls against girls, you know, these girls will get hurt, they get injured yeah. because of yeah. that. And imagine throwing some guys in there. Yeah. And competing against there, and and the potential injuries that could happen, and it, and the unfair advantage that they, yeah. like you were talking about earlier, injuries is a big part of it too. There was an MMA, MMA fighter that, yeah, biological man that put a woman in the hospital. My thing with it is is I'm I'm hearing the transgender community. They're saying, well, wait, if we don't feel comfortable in our mm-hmm. in our gender, mm-hmm. and we want to take these hormone suppressants, or for a f- this is what funny we're not talking about. We're not talking a lot about transgender men because those are biological women. There's not much of an advantage, even if they are taking testosterone. Right, in that There's situation, not gonna, that girl was forced yeah, to go. Yeah, she was forced to go back. So, but, so we're, we're really talking about, because 
no one really talks about the transgender women because they can't compete. It doesn't have an advantage. There's not a lot of them doing it because they can't make a, a guy's team. Um, <laughs> sorry, the transgender men. So we're talking about transgender women who are biological men because that's where the advantage is. Mm -hmm. And I told you there's a study in, in Sweden that was done a couple years ago and it showed people taking hormone suppressants for about a year, over a year. And there wasn't, it said it was a modest, a slight change in their strength. Not enough to, I mean, they still have that advantage. So um, we're going into a gray area of talking about testosterone levels then. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about male and female anymore. Mm -hmm. That The debate is moving into, well, what are their testosterone levels and how much is the advantage? Um, and for me, I want the debate to go back to male and female because we can't have it both, right? We just celebrated our first female vice president. Yay, awesome, cool. And then, but now gender doesn't matter. So we got it. We can't have it both ways. And for me, gender does matter. And our women in sports matter. And and for women leadership, if that if we're saying women in leadership matters, mm -hmm. then this should be a very important right. issue for women in leadership. But you know, the transgender community, I, I get their side. They're they're saying if they aren't identifying in that gender, mm -hmm. then they feel like they have to be taking steroids or hormone suppressants to feel more comfortable in their gender. Here's the issue of it is when that affects someone else's rights, when your right to take hormone suppressants or whatever right. affects my right to have access to education through sport, because mm -hmm. now you're trumping that and coming into our space, right. um, then it's an issue. Now we have to go deeper into how do we solve this? Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes you can't have it both. Maybe you can't have the advantage and be able to play in the gender you prefer. So right. the gender you identify in. You mentioned uh, there was an MMA fighter. I believe it was got, MMA. I'd have to look it up. Or bot. Right, I think it was MMA. Really seriously injured because yeah, they were competing female. against a biological male yep. that was in the women's division, and uh, yeah, and I, you know I've heard you know now it's weight in weightlifting now. There was just something I think in the news last week about somebody over in Europe yeah. that was uh, uh, competing in the women. You know, breaking all kinds of records and things yeah. like that, and and so it does seem unfair. It seems really mm -hmm. not fair to those women. Doesn't yeah. it? It, it's, it is taking away opportunities for them. Yeah. And to someone like me and you that are outside of that, that transgender um, community, it seems clear and obvious, right. <laughs> you know, XX and XY, you guys compete with each other. Um, but it's not because we're in a confusing time right now. And um, I think I keep trying to go back. It's been something we've been, I've been praying a lot about mm -hmm. of how do I treat this with love? Mm -hmm. How do we make people feel like they're loved by God? Right. Right. They are. And while still speaking in truth mm -hmm. and um, the world right now is condemning truth with hate mm -hmm. and truth doesn't mean hate. <laughs> so, right. you know, trying to have that balance of being loving and um, but loving doesn't mean we change what our truths are. Right. So um, and our truth doesn't come from worldly things that comes mm -hmm. from God. So um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting journey. And I, I think yeah. about, you know, original intent and uh of where um you know god has created us you know biologically and that i even paul in first corinthians he he talked about um honoring god's original intent mm -hmm. you know for how he created you mm -hmm. and, and and being a good steward of that and it, and uh i, I this it's going to take a lot of prayer to, yeah. to to be able to go through this and and to be able to like you said speak truth into this, mm -hmm. um, to be loving, uh, because we we 
you know, we haven't, there's a lot more to this. And, and man, we, <laughs> we are, could have 20 episodes. We, I know we are running out of time <laughs> yeah. here, Mary, but any, I, I feel like we need to get together again and yeah. talk more about this because I know that it, it's affecting families um, of that have females that are competing in sports at junior high. And there's a, a male that's in identifying as a female and they've, they've got to sit there and take it. Yeah. And so it's like, how do we respond? And any, any closing comments that you would have um, as we continue to speak truth and love yeah. and uh, journey through this and as Christians. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is anyone who's an advocate for women in sports and to approach this in a very prayerful way, because it can be easy to be insensitive. I've mm-hmm. been accused of that <laughs> and try to show God's love while we're still um, not be afraid to stand up because mm-hmm. what happens is these things move further and further along mm-hmm. um, without anyone ever stopping saying this is insanity. Um, so hopefully yeah. we have enough voices stopping and saying, hey, wait a second, mm-hmm. in a loving way so hate isn't labeled onto, onto truth. Yeah. But sometimes you can't control that. Yeah, I, th- I think you know it's going to give us some opportunities too to, to point to the Bible about Absolutely. Um, what does the word of God have to say about this in, in terms, you know, how Jesus, Jesus went back to Genesis, you know, he, you know, Paul, he, he referred to Jesus and they both referred to the beginnings of our, you know, how things were supposed to be Mm -hmm. at the very beginning. So, yeah, the, the bottom line too, is we're in a hurting world and all, and Mm -hmm. a, a lot of hurting people. And, um, my hope in all this is that I can, at least help one population of the um, of the world have access to sport right. and access to education yep. um, in a biblical truth, yep. you know, so. Well, Mary, um, it's been just a, a pleasure and the time has flown by. Um, <laughs> we, But thank you so much for taking time to be Thanks, on the air today on Heart of the Athlete. I know you're in the middle of recruiting and had some recruits in town and you <laughs> yep. kind of made, made time for this, but... Um, folks, have you just been, uh, we've been visiting today uh, with the head NMU women's soccer coach, Mary uh, Ibarguin. Uh, am I saying that right? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. What's your husband's name? Chris. Chris. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I met him over there. Yeah. He's and, a stud. Yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> well, God bless you. Folks, if you want to uh, uh, get involved with FCA or you want some more information about the Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in Idaho, you can go to fcaidaho.org. So, well, Mary, thanks again. All right. Thanks, Kim. Thanks for listening today. If you are interested in getting involved with FCA or would like to donate to the FCA ministry, you can contact us through the FCA Idaho website at fcaidaho.org. Join us next week for The Heart of the Athlete, a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Idaho and KBXL, The Voice. Yeah.